millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy and in this cool Star Wars lounge with this wonderful music by Tony Thaxton playing, we don't give this enough credit every week because he's so great and this song's the best. This is Force Center. 
Ken Napsack, Joseph Scrimshaw, Jennifer Landa here with you to celebrate Star Wars with you guys. Welcome, Joseph and Jennifer. I like that our Star Destroyer has a lounge. That's a good addition. You know, we I mean, we definitely talk about Tony and his great talent and, and Cloud uh, City soundtracks his Patreon page, but uh, I actually, uh, when I, every time I hear this music, I just kind of groove along to it, man. <laughs> it's so good. And the lounge thing at the end. I still, spitball that I, we, the Four Center album. Oh, yeah. Including Mike Black's Sleepy Time Bantha. It's got to come out. Oh, yeah. Tony can arrange a nice <laughs> lush orchestral theme for Sleepy Time Bantha. Uh, we are here to talk a lot of things, including news, your questions, and the many lives of Maul. Former Darth Maul, now just Maul. He obviously has a cult following. He is very popular, but he's got a weird and wonderful story all through many Star Wars eras. And we're going to dive into that a little bit later today. But first, I want to run you today's podcast brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash Force Center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later in the show, we'll have our Force Center recommends which audiobook we think you should take a listen to. Uh, as always, we like to catch up just as friends with us three and you all listening did we have any Star Wars adventures? Did we do anything fun? Or did we try to buy a house that <laughs> fell down a hill? Jennifer, how are you? I'm living the flipper flop dream. <laughs> I think we've been watching too many HGTV shows because we're like, oh, it's this house is sliding down the hill. We can fix it. Mm, no. no. So that's what I'm dealing with right now. Oh, wow. God bless you. My wife and I have been watching Amazing Interiors on Netflix. Is that oh. one that you watch? No, I don't. Oh, man. This has I nothing to do with Star Wars. Yeah. There is a Star Wars mentioned because it's Star Wars yes. is everywhere. Yes. But have you been watching this, Ken? I watched the uh, whole series. Yeah. You did. We're about halfway through. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> Interiors. Really? I think what's am- super amazing about it, this has nothing to do with Star Wars. No. There's no host. You know how like most house flipping shows like y- y- or or interior design, whatever, you, you get to see that, but there's also like, what do Greg and Kim think or whoever the hosts are? Right. There, there's yeah. none of that. So it's just the people. So it becomes a peek into people's psychology. It does. It has a mini documentary feel. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great. Yeah. Got to watch it. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's one of those weekend binges. Pour uh, pour some wine and and, yeah. and watch it all. Fun. Yeah. Welcome to Mason Interior Center <laughs> and House Flipper Floppers. Right. Uh, Joseph, sir, uh, did you have anything as exciting as trying to purchase a house? Oh, no, no. I've, I already own a house in Minneapolis. So if anybody wants to buy it, hit me up. Uh, I've been through that adventure. Uh, it, there's a beautiful pond across it that the really? city built because the houses in that side of the block were sinking. So it is beautiful, but there's horror. It's just like real life. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about hanging up my Star Wars action figures because uh, yeah. Amazing Interiors is putting me to shame. Like the least oh, I could do yeah. is hang up some of my action figures. Uh, my main Star Wars adventures uh, will cover it eventually, but I powered through the solo book this weekend yeah. and mm. thinking about solo a lot. And had some uh, after I read the book, I was like, I need to play solo. So I mm. turned on Battlefront and played as, as Han, young Han, yeah. which I purchased yes. uh, for a, uh, with points <laughs> for a little while. And uh, you know, they have all the random things that they say. And one of my favorite random things that young Han says is just out of the blue. It's not a response to anything that's happening around him. He just says. I know what a parsec is. <laughs> Defensive and meta. I love it. Yeah, the great parsec debate, which is taken on new life here in this yeah. era of Star Wars. Uh, I didn't have any direct Star Wars adventures uh, either, but did get a chance to go see the Game of Thrones live concert experience. 
uh, down at the forum. And wow, that was a lot of fun. You guys know I'm a Game of Thrones fan. You guys are Game of Thrones fans uh, here and, and listening, I'm sure. And I'll tell you what, it's, a, it's connected to Star Wars in a way. The whole time I'm thinking, and we've talked about it before, but Dan and Dave, Benioff and Weiss, they got this series of Star Wars movies, not a trilogy, not two, not four, a series of Star Wars movies. They've got to work with their buddy, Raman Jawadi, yeah. who is just a pure rock star. Yeah. He's there, he's conducting, he's playing. Uh, uh, the in, There's one rare instrument he uses for some of the Arya Stark stuff. He, he had his electric guitar out and was just shredding some Game of Thrones wow. stuff out and there. Did he wow. write the famous theme? He, that's all him. That's him, man. That's all that him. theme is yeah. a game changer. It really was. Yeah. And they open and close the show with that. And at the end, they encourage you to hum along. Oh wow! Uh, with the final one, uh, I, I I wish I could have taken notes on. He has a he played with the local L.A. Symphony group, but he has his four or five main players that go along with him. And the the uh, the, the woman who was the the quote lead singer was just spectacular. And then a violin player that like rises to the roof and like a on a. On a on a what do you get aerial kind of rig? Oh it's, yeah, it's, it's really good. So if you guys it tours, if you guys have a chance to see it, and the whole time I'm thinking, man, you know, Star Wars, Ramajuani and Star Wars. Oh, it's I so think powerful. You do wonderful things. Yeah, yeah. If you want actual words to sing along, my my friends, Bill Bill Corbett and Kevin Murphy <laughs> of Mystery Science Theater, yeah. they kindly opened a show for me where I was uh, doing an album uh, recording, and they wrote lyrics. Oh, very, no. very fun, naughty lyrics to the Game of Thrones <laughs> thing, which I can now <laughs> never fully hear the song appropriately. appropriately. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like Star Wars. Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars. I'd love to hear that, too. <laughs> so that was my adventures. And, uh, you know, if you guys out there had some Star Wars adventures, you can always write and let us know. Here's what I did for a Star Wars adventure. We do want to hear. So uh, with uh, no further ado, so we can get into this wonderful news catch-up, Jennifer's here to take us through the latest in Star Wars news. This week, there was a lot. Love it or hate it, The Last Jedi is currently the highest selling Blu-ray DVD of 2018. As of last week, the sales are over $84 million, surpassing Black Panther, which currently has $80 million in sales, and Coco, which has $67 million in sales. The Last Jedi has already outsold Rogue One and in a shorter amount of time. By comparison, Rogue One sold $83 million. It should be noted that The Last Jedi is also available on Netflix, so that may be affecting the sales a little bit, but who knows. What do we make of these numbers? I was impressed. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of factors. It's a moving target, uh, all those things. I think Black Panther will yes. o- overpass it. It's of 2018 right now. Right. Um, but I think it's just a, a reinforcement that regardless of how much discussion there is, there's clearly a huge amount of people who like this movie, love this movie, want to watch this movie <laughs> again, right. uh, enough to make it not a any sort of financial disaster. I think the discussion that Last Jedi is a financial disaster this is another bit of evidence that no, it's not. We can have a debate about the film. We can have a debate about how many people question the film or dislike the film, but it's doing fine money-wise. Right. It's hard for me to not be a little neener neener on this one. <laughs> and that's not what we try to do here. We try to be a well-balanced thing. And I just want to, uh, there's part of me is just like. <laughs> we stick to the light side. We stick not to the, the light side. side. Not the neener neener side. Yeah. And there's what I saw. Look, and I get you right. Black Panther's going to pass it. Um, yeah. You know, I think it's just one of those things people want to have on their shelves. You know, I heard a lot of talk about people like, well, I hated I hated the movie, but I still have to have it in my collection, which, all right, <laughs> it's, it's fair. Yeah, okay. it's fair. 
Uh, I think I have, yeah, I have the Clone Wars movie, and that's my, I don't, you know, that's not, I use it for studying purposes pretty much only, but I get that. But yeah, there's a little bit of like, okay, sure, go make your videos, mm. <laughs> go do it. <laughs> People still want this movie around them. Yeah. So. Right, exactly. Yeah. It says something. It says something. We'll see what happens with Solo. Yeah. Well, you know. it'll, be, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. It won't, it, won't be a, it won't be this big, but yeah. it'll be interesting. Yeah. Author Timothy Zahn did a panel at Rose City Comic Con, and StarWarsNews.net did an excellent recap of the panel. Some of the highlights are that he makes no distinction between the legends and canon Thrawn, character Thrawn, that is. For fans that are upset about the EU, he thinks of Star Wars legends like stories that you hear around the campfire at night as a kid. You don't really know if there's any truth to them uh, actually having occurred, but they are fantastic stories, and there is always, always a possibility that they really did happen, just like folklore. When asked what role he thought Thrawn would have had in the First Order, Zahn said that Thrawn would have found Hux laughable and would have found (laughs) Kylo Ren too unstable, and he guesses that Thrawn would have returned to the Unknown Regions after the fall of the Empire, to pursue more stable allies in preparation for the greater threat or threats the galaxy has yet to meet. Ooh. Okay. That was a huge whopperoo hint. <laughs> Will we be seeing Thrawn again? Live action TV series. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. CBS procedural. Thrawn. <laughs> Thrawn the detective in the unknown regions. That'd yeah. be more accurate than I think we would <laughs> It's only make. kind of a joke. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. As every joke. Half a be. pitch. Yeah. yeah. Half a joke. Uh, wow. This is a great little uh, recap, by the way. I did yeah, read, read through this here, and there was some... I, I, I went to the point where it said... The moderator kind of clearly hated the story group yes. idea, like these yeah. overloads of Star Wars. And Zon was like, hey, hey, "Calm down, that's not what the story group's about. <laughs> yeah. They don't control Star Wars in that way." Uh, that, that was an interesting little point. But yes, uh, Zon, I've never met him personally, but by all accounts, you know, our friend Alex, Star Wars Explained, uh, spent some time with him. They love him. Have you guys have a chance to just run into him? Because I know uh, he's a lot of events. I have never actually met him. I just know that he likes our Obi Wan T-shirt because we have yes. a fan who took a picture with him who said, "Hey." Yeah, I like your T-shirt. That's mm. right. That counts. You're hello a, there. Yeah. So he's, he's met uh, uh, my T-shirt. My yeah. Hello yeah. there. T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's great. So is, I thought this was great. Uh, um, I do. You know, the legends thing is. Uh, I think that's a great point. Even when, like, a lot of times, you know, I'll write those in memoriams. Like, I just uh, wrote one, one coming up, and I put a little bit of legend sprinkle in there because it's fun to go. Well, some people say right. So I think Zon's got the right idea here, and it's and he's got a lot to lose mm. with legends. And that great point that he said. Uh, Lucasfilm didn't sweep them away. They they wanted to preserve them in some fashion. That's yeah, what they called legends. called them legends. Yeah, no, I think I think he's such a great voice, a moderating voice between people who feel passionately about canon versus legends debate. Since he's worked on both sides of it and mm-hmm. elegantly, and he is so his own unique voice in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like his writing is a yeah. specific kind of Star Wars. It's very more science fiction than space fantasy and he's you know happily doing that in canon mm-hmm. but i think that that idea that legends truly means this could have happened but now we found this historical document that's this is what really happened to luke skywalker right. but many people whisper that this is actually what happened to him i think that's really nice because before that idea it's mostly been a corporate discussion mm-hmm. and i think there is something about fans to, just to generalize a little bit something about fans something about nerds that we want the fantasy, but we also kind of want to be able to categorize the fantasy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think giving us an in-world kind of cool, mysterious, fun way to think about it is a, just a real gift from mm. Mr. Zahn. Yeah. 
That's so true. Well said from Timothy Zahn and you. Oh, yeah, thanks. yeah, both of you, yes. Okay, uh, gearing up for the solo A Star Wars Story home video release, USA Today shared a deleted scene from the film. The scene features Han and Kira on the run from Moloch and his gang on Corellia. They jump into a barrel. Oh, spoiler. Uh, I, I don't know. Do you guys care? Uh, I mean, no. Uh, I think a spoiler a uh, barrel full of spoilers is great. Okay. I think that, I, okay. I think you said it. Spoilers. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah there's going to be a so they jump into a barrel of liquid containing a live tentacled creature throwing the Corellian hounds off their scent and then they have a really cute moment where you get to see some great chemistry from Amelia Clark and Alden Ehrenreich. I loved this scene, yeah. and I was mad that they deleted it, <laughs> but I did feel it had there were maybe some pacing, quote-unquote pacing issues. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I think deleted scenes are almost always the right choice for pacing. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, some like, bit of logic gets left on the floor, but I'm, I'm thrilled that we, we're going to be able to see it. I didn't watch it, but I will say that scene is in the book. Oh. Yeah, and so I am... Uh, uh, about halfway through the book, we're going to do our solo. We're going to record our so- solo review and put it out this week there. And I have read that scene. And when I read it in the book, I actually didn't like it in the sense of I, I just, it, just, it felt like I was like, ah, I bet this is like from the script and it didn't flow as well. The 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 actual scene is is was hit me better yeah, because right? you do see. And that was one of the, you know, does do Amelia and, and Alden have chemistry? And I thought they did, but this mm-hmm. was a better example of their chemistry. It was really, really well done. You cool. Really, well, really done. well done. So and funny. And funny. Oh, yeah. Gosh. But yeah, it did seem, it's long. It is long. And it's, it's very reminiscent of like an Indiana Jones. Yeah. Because those are like eels, they're like space eels. Right, right. It, it had a lot of Indiana Jones in it. Yeah, maybe yeah. it felt a little too referential. Yeah, yeah. Like a little bit. Could have been. Could have yeah, been. But a little yeah, too I mean, meta. You're familiar with the scene, but it play it plays like yeah, like Harrison and Allison Duty hiding from rats or something. You know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Awesome. I can't wait to watch it. I've, I've, I'm just really excited to watch all the solo stuff at the end of this week uh, when it comes out in digital. That's right. So yeah, very soon. Uh, well, lover or hater, Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy is set to receive the Irving J. Thalberg Memorial Award, which is an honorary Oscar given to producers with remarkable careers. George Lucas also received the award in 1991. Kathleen Kennedy and her husband, Frank Marshall, are being honored for their outstanding work separately, as well as their producing partnership, which has led to films like The Sixth Sense, Seabiscuit, and then separately, uh, films like The Color Purple, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and of course, E.T., Kennedy is the first woman to receive the Irving J. Thalberg Memorial Award. Do you think the timing of this award has anything to do with the maybe the Academy taking a stand against the backlash that Kathleen Kennedy has been facing in the press and with fans and kind of reminding people this is a woman who has an incredible, illustrious career. These movies are part of our a part of our culture. That's an interesting take on it. I uh, I went a little more cynical in the sense of this seems to be tied, uh, the announcement to the solo release. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, like the stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, which uh, yes. cost you $10,000 for right. your group to put together. But uh, I like that idea because I, I, it's fine. I was watching that YouTube, doc, they just put on YouTube the little 35-minute documentary of The Last Crusade, mm. and she's all through it. Yeah. And we understand, but it's like you forget too. Like, oh, she's been doing this since the 80s and yeah. doing yeah. it so well. Yeah. I, yeah. That was the biggest thing for me of just this reminder of like uh, intense Star Wars fans who are in the bubble can have their debates about, you know, how exactly is she leading this era, what decisions mm-hmm. she's making. But none of that will ever take away that, like you said, she cemented a lot of our culture. Yeah. She made mm-hmm. these movies. 
and that and she should be honored for that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? What a career. Who knows if the timing was like, you know what? You know what, people? Yeah. Listen up. <laughs> this woman's incredible. Yeah. 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 And I, it's amazing that she is the first. And I mean, I, can you believe that? And maybe that is also a like mm. the industry is taking a hard look at itself mm. among uh, many issues. Yeah. I think probably more important issues than exactly what percentage of stars fans dislike The Last Jedi. That's very true. <laughs> so very it might true. be a larger like, yeah, she uh, she's shaped our culture. Maybe we should give a, a woman a room. <laughs> that, that seems like the right thing to do. Seems like it's seems a, like a good thing to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, if you like The Jedi Path, the book The Jedi Path, but more more of a scoundrel, then you are going to love Star Wars Smuggler's Guide coming out on October 30th this year. The setup for the book is that it's a lost smuggling journal that has passed through the hands of everyone from Hondo to Han Solo. The book is written by Dan Wallace and will feature lights and sounds and handwritten notes. <laughs> <laughs> lights and sounds. That gets me to buy a book. Lights I, and sounds. Yeah. And uh, also <laughs> handwritten notes from characters like Sana Staros. And if you enjoyed Solo, there is a Dryden Voss Beckett Han Solo section uh, that fills in more of their perspectives and details on things that we've seen in the film. Mm-hmm. This sounds like a really fun book. Although I do wish it had come out a little bit sooner to yeah. Solo's release. Yeah. yeah the timing, mm. you know. But mm. yeah, it's pretty cool. And it's it's like the Jedi Path and what right. was the what was the Sith one? The Sith Lounge? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. The, the Sith, Sith Bible. That's way, right. the Sith Bible. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, so maybe the it will Sith open list. up. Yeah. yeah, did you guys see that book? How it like, opened yeah. up and whatever? So maybe that's that, Yeah, the Holocron, lights. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. do you remember that? Yeah. Okay, yeah. That makes sense. What do you think? I like this. Yeah? I, I probably I don't have those other two books. Um, Ryan Johnson did, because clearly he yeah. referenced that's him, right. as we know. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the, you get lights and sounds. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I'm ready to go. I love the idea of these smugglers writing in the margins, getting a hold of this guy. Like the Jedi Pathwing, like that, that was already a little like that's cute. That yeah. Qui-Gon's like, oh, actually, I think this. That's Let me write right. in the margins because I think it's wrong. And there's something about that that makes sense with Jedi being kind of th- the nerds of the galaxy, but yeah. the smugglers. Oh, the smugglers seem a little bit too cool to correct the homework. Yeah. So I think there'll be some extra comedy <laughs> for me. <laughs> right. That's very true. Yeah, it looks like a fun book. Very yeah. fun idea. Uh, Forbes did a great interview with actor Ray Park recently. In the interview, he says that he got a, the call from Lucasfilm asking if he wanted to be Mulligan and immediately said, do you want me on the plane now? <laughs> the film, I don't know if that's how he sounds, but uh, the filming process turned out to be much different than The Phantom Menace, where he was given the entire script because he was a choreographer for that film. For Solo, he only had his lines and a couple of sheets of what was going on beforehand and then what was happening in the scene. Sam Witwer did Maul's voice, obviously, so when Ray Park filmed his scene, he had to match his actions to Sam's voice, so that was also different. Um, in the article and in honor of Solo's upcoming home video release, Lucasfilm released images of Ray Park in full mall costume with his cybernetic legs. What people loved those images. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think when you awesome. saw them? They're awesome. great. So cool. Yeah? yeah. Yeah. I saw them in passing on Twitter, you know, when you do a thing you're scrolling. Yeah. And I thought they were like old. I thought so I thought they I. were from Phantom Menace era, like some promotional oh, really? shots I missed because I, I didn't see what was. And all of a sudden, you look again, and then, oh wow, yeah, that's great yeah, stuff. Look at yeah. his actual, ro- yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just so cool that they took the time to do the really cool promo photos. And yeah, and those mm, it's great to see a closer look at them robot legs, robot yeah. legs, and big chunky robot legs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's, it's, which is you know again we're talking about Maul today for a reason. He's, yeah, he elicits a lot of reactions. I did enjoy a lot of people. 
um, some of them I won't name. They're friends of ours uh, uh, who, who aren't too familiar with what's going on, but they're Star Wars fans, and they kind of were playing, joking around with, <laughs> "Oh, I thought he was dead," and everything, and they're like, "Ah, he's got he's got so much more of an interesting story than you <laughs> than you want to believe," and and uh, it's great. And, and, and Ray, uh, I, I always like seeing you know getting a second chance. This is why I want you know McGregor to come back as Obi-Wan get that chance to do this all yeah. again have some fun because you know he always loved being Maul and it meant something to him that means something to, to, to me as a fan yeah yeah I think I watched uh, on the live stream of his talk at Celebration and yeah. it just did seem like he was just like I want to be all Maul all, Maul all the time yeah <laughs> you know it's like I love Wedge and Tilly's but when you find out Dennis Lawson's like yeah I don't care about the game I'm like okay then I don't need to worry I'm not worried about you coming back then like I still yeah. love Wedge but like once you know, yeah, enjoy this. Enjoy this. Yeah, yeah. live. I, I can live vicariously yeah. through them. Yeah, fighting skills. Yeah, and apparently, if you followed him on Instagram, you might have known that he was in Solo or something. Yeah, he I love that detail. Hands. Yes, like yeah. not at all subtle. And uh, was it the article uh, saying that basically people assumed that it was Obi Wan? Yes, so yeah. everyone assumed yeah. it was going to be in an Obi Wan film. It's nice to know that we can distract ourselves as fans. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so that is the news for this past week. All right, well, we're about to dive into that main topic. We're going to put our own cybernetic robot legs on and dive into the world of Maul. But before we do, we want to recommend an audio book from the Force Center uh, Minds. Joseph, today our choice is... The book Ahsoka, and it's a great book. It's a fun book. It's a great listen, uh, but also there's an important bit of Maul canon in there that I think is only going to become more important and more detailed. So that's why I grabbed Ahsoka for this week. And we, you know, it is something that's on my reread list to, to pay a little bit more attention, take some notes maybe on yeah. that particular section there. <laughs> so to da- download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook, and it directly helps the show. So we're here to discuss the many lives of Maul, former Darth, now, Crime Lord, well, now, we don't know exactly. Is he one with the Force? Did he re- get redeemed? I don't know. We're going to dive into all those wonderful things here. Joseph, uh, y- you you uh, you kind of wanted to talk about this yeah. and lead us through the lives of Maul. That's right, because there's just so much going on. I think he is a fan-loved character, uh, even if people kind of only know him as the scary guy from Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. And if people have followed every one of his uh, adventures all through his robot leg years, his spider leg years, but I find him fascinating because he is, I think, one of the most visible Star Wars characters, mm-hmm. like instantly recognizable by the general population, even if they don't know his name. Like, ah, that guy. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he is also like one of the most kind of complicated and obscure characters in Star Wars at the same time. And I think it's partially because his story is spread out over so many different things, mm-hmm. movies, uh, kind of comic books that came out at odd times uh, yeah. with the son of Dathomir in particular. Um, so I put together a little rundown, a quick rundown, not of all of his adventures because he's had so many, but yeah. the, the big moments in the life of Maul. So uh, here, here we go in his complex life. Uh, he was born on Dathomir to Mother Talzin, Mother Talzin's son, and then he is taken by Palpatine as an infant. He is raised to hate and destroy the Jedi. It is not a good youth. He is tortured a lot, so he learns how to hate and blame it on the Jedi. Of course, then he has his adventure in Phantom Menace where he finally reveals himself to the Jedi and is promptly cut in half by Obi-Wan. His uh, 
anger. His strength in the dark side allows him to live in pain and madness for years until he is rescued by his brother, Savage Opress, uh, the character with everyone's favorite name in all of Star Wars, Savage Opress. Uh, then he spent some time seeking revenge on both Kenobi and Sidious once he was about back uh, in his own mind, healed by his mother, Talzin. Uh, and then he took over Mandalore, with the help of Nightwatch, informed the massive criminal organization, the Shadow Collective, which had uh, elements of Death Watch and the rest of Mandalore, the Black Sun, the Pikes, and the Huts, which is amazing. So he basically had almost all of the major crime syndicates yeah. all working for him. But then uh, Sidious didn't like that, so he was defeated and captured by Sidious. Savage was killed by Sidious. And then uh, in this bit of uh, canon from the Son of Dathomir comic, uh, he was released after Sidious captured him as a ruse to destroy Talzin on Dathomir once and for all, which is what happened. Talzin finally died. Mm. Uh, at the end of that, Maul escapes to Mandalore, and then we learn in the Ahsoka novel that uh, he is defeated in the siege of Mandalore by Ahsoka and the clones, which I'm sure we will hear a lot more about. Mm-hmm. Then there's a mystery space for <laughs> quite a while. Uh, it appears he takes a lightsaber from an Inquisitor, because that is the lightsaber that he has in Solo. He eventually, uh, one would assume, creates, but maybe takes over the Crimson Dawn Syndicate. And then other mysterious stuff happens, and he ends up marooned on Malachor. This is in Rebels. Searching for a means to destroy all his enemies. That's his goal. It's like, I'm going to kill them all. Kenobi, Sidious, all, Vader, maybe all of them. He then, of course, tries to recruit Ezra, then manipulates Ezra to leading him to Kenobi, is finally defeated by Kenobi on Tatooine and find some peace in the belief that Luke Skywalker will destroy the Sith, and therefore Maul will have vengeance. And then Obi-Wan burns him in a respectful pyre. That is quite a life. Yeah, yeah. right? That's a lot. It's a lot of Star Wars living. Yeah. Uh, well done there, sir. Yeah, yeah thank I you. Choked a little on this recap. sip of water I took before doing this, <laughs> but besides that, that is the history of Maul. So I wanted to put it in, in context, because it is a lot, but it does kind of have this kind of ebb and flow mm-hmm. of... He keeps trying. He keeps yeah. trying to find his place and get his power, and it never quite works out for Maul. Absolutely. Uh, any any general reactions to to that before we dive in? Uh, other, it it is it's good to have it in front of me again. Even though you can you can you know you can log on these places, you can read these books, put it all together through your minds. But we talked about the Clone Wars. There's so much stuff. I I, I the timeline and it, mm-hmm. it becomes foggy with me his journey and I and um, I I so I love seeing it there and. I, I'm just so fascinated by it still seems weird to me that this Sith guy goes into the criminal underworld. It's this weird feel and, and it's perfect match, I get yeah. it in a lot of ways. But I, every time I look at it, even in solo, and I love we're gonna talk I love the moment in solo, but I'm always like, that's so weird. It's like he just he just found he just went played for that team. <laughs> he's, like, he's like a major leaguer and he's over here playing softball. It's weird. It's always weird to me. Right. So, right. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's, uh, he's got, he's got a, he's got a, one of the more diverse careers in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jennifer, do you have any reaction to the, the overall arc? I love it because to me, it, it shows that he is a loved character by, by Lucasfilm. Right. That like the creators and the writers are like, you know, let's bring that guy back from the dead. <laughs> I mean, and just like continue, Continuing his stories, and he keeps getting knocked down, and keeps getting 
right back up. And I and I like that. I like that there's that there's just like, how can we figure out more ways to incorporate Maul? Yeah. Yeah. Even to like the very recent where, yes. oh, he finally was definitively, we believe, killed by Kenobi. And right. fans are like, ah, oh, the end of Maul. And then like solo. <laughs> Uh, did we did we forget to mention these probably like fifteen years of mall story we could tell if we yeah. wanted right like, yeah. exactly awesome. uh, so that cracks me up. I want to go back to the beginning though. Mm-hmm. Uh, our first impression of Darth Maul. He was the lead image of the Phantom Menace in mm-hmm. Star Wars Return. What did you guys feel back in nineteen ninety nine, Jennifer? What was your reaction? I really liked the character. I mean, that to me was one of the most exciting the exciting moments of that film. The music. The way he looked, I was like, I was just shocked. It was striking. And I I feel like even if you don't care for the Phantom Menace, that when I've spoken with other fans, that's the moment that Mm -hmm. everyone's like, I loved it. And then to see him killed, I was like, hey, wait, no. (laughs) He seemed like he was going to be such a a great character to be able to follow. And then to have him killed was was shocking. But I, I loved him. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Ken? I recall, this is back in the day, right? Back in the day, technology was different. No podcast yet for me. Uh, uh, On my VHS recorder, I recorded the trailer. Yeah. So it's probably the second trailer. And there's that shot of what we now know, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan leaping across with their lightsabers and Maul's kind of there ready to fight them. And he kind of gives that like double look back and forth, like looks left, looks right real Mm. quick. I remember freeze framing that and like (laughs) advancing. Who is that? Yeah. I think you do see the shot of him. He kind of there's he takes a blocks of lightsaber, uh, you know, a swipe, and and you see his face, and it was like, oh my! I mean, my friends in my apartment in uh, Granada Hills, California, nineteen ninety nine, just like what? Who is that? <laughs> it's the new Vader. Yeah. Um, so I I loved him from that point on, and yeah, like an entire generation of Star Wars fans seen it for the first time. Oh, he's dead. Okay. You know, you learn to accept it or not, I guess, as a Star Wars fan. And we're still dealing with that with Phasma and whatnot. So it's just, a, and Boba Fett, it's the time-honored tradition. Yep. Cool character, gotta go. <laughs> Do you look too cool? Then you yeah. gotta die. Yeah, I was totally the same way. Man, that, the impact of seeing that second blade, you know, that oh, yeah. cloak oh, comes yeah. off, the cool spin, the second, like, that, that I think is something that can get lost to history, mm-hmm. the, uh, how cool that was the first time you saw that. Right. That is that is right. That was in the trailer too, right? And that, what double bladed? Yeah. He looks this cool, and he has a double bladed lightsaber. Like, is it is it okay for one person to be this cool? Like, <laughs> yeah. Leave some cool for the rest of the galaxy, Darth Maul. <laughs> like that's how I felt, and yes. I think that there's so much in Phantom Menace that looked new, and maybe people felt like that doesn't match Star Wars. Mm. And there's something about Maul that I always felt like he looks radically different than characters that we've seen yeah. in the original trilogy, but he fit. He made sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And then like everybody else, I was I was so intrigued by, you know, at last we'll have revenge. Oh, yeah. And then, no. no. It's not there. No, he yeah. just he just gets killed. Yeah. Uh, but I was reflecting on that. Yeah. It did not affect any choice I made. I still mm. bought every Darth Maul oh, yeah. action figure. I still thought about Maul. I still talked about Maul. So even though I've had this long-held thing, like both of you, of the, like, mm. He was so cool, but then he just died. It didn't stop me from appreciating Maul in any way. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm just going back. Yeah, going back to that lightsaber stuff. I forgot about that part, too, in the trailer, too. It was That's why that, when the Kylo Ren broadsword broadsaber <gasps> comes out, it was like, yeah, we've been here before. Yeah, right. yeah the, the shocking reveal. Uh, the other thing that I, I wanted to mention that I think was really powerful about him in The Phantom Menace and works well to this day, that he is so... These 
stereotype of evil with the burning yeah. eyes and horns and looks like it from in a lot of cultures demonic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the contrast between this seething, rage-filled thing that you don't even know why he's so full of hate and to see that moment where Anakin sees him mm. in the hangar and that yeah. contrast be like, how can this little boy who yells yippee become that seething hate monster? Yeah. That just that contrast of, you know, that's where Anakin's going, but it looks so far away because Maul looks so horrible. Yeah. Right. Is, I think just powerful and, and good job, George Lucas. Good job, George. <laughs> that's such a great moment. Too. Yeah. So uh, we, we had the, those connections to him and those attachments to him uh, for many years. And then how did you feel when he returned in the Clone Wars? Were you actively watching at the time, Ken? Where, where were you at? I hated it. I hated it. <laughs> okay, I, I was actively watching the Clone wow. Wars, but I'll say I wasn't fully invested in the Clone Wars yet. Okay. Um, it took me a couple seasons. I loved it right away uh, in the sense of like, oh, this has got some great Star Wars action. But it doesn't. I'm re- rewatching it right now. Like I think a lot of people are just casually. I'm doing a rewatch. I'm not going crazy with it, but I'm I'm going in the order, and you f- I forget a lot of things, and it's great. And there's a lot of things, but I I'm looking back too. There's some things I'm like, oh yeah, that was a little, that was a weird little story. That's probably why I didn't dive into it as much initially, <laughs> and I love it now. And the series is 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 my favorite, but. I hated that they brought him back. <laughs> hated it. Hated it. <laughs> Gave okay. in to the I think hate. you're close to the magic seven on the word hate. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, but that's good. That's clear. Uh, and this is our part of our journey with, yes. with and Maul. That's, that's the lesson. And Star Wars. Mm. Yes. Uh, Jennifer, did you hate it? I was like, what are they doing? And then when I saw it with his spider legs, yeah. I was like, Oh, I'm all in. Oh, I oh, really? loved it. Oh, and a little so skitter, skitter. And then I wasn't sure about Sam Witwer's performance at first. Mm. I was like, oh, this this kind of seems a little over the top. But then I really began to love it. Now, I cannot imagine Sam Witwer not doing the voice. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what turned you around? Was it when Maul uh, sort of got his uh, sanity back, restored by his mother, Charleston, Um <laughs> and and became like a little bit more, he still had that that haunting and dark voice, but a little bit more um, articulate yeah. and a little bit more kind of almost smart-assy sometimes? I kind of mm-hmm. just kind of had to, had to let it go and just be like, I'm just going to accept this and I even accepted it during the madness part. Okay. And I just kind of saw it as like, I, I don't know how I got acceptance, but it, it, it took, yeah. Oh, I was like, this is going in a different direction. It might have been, uh, I, I had a similar feel in the sense of, not so much about Whitworth or anything, just like, I mean, I'm a Peter Serafinowicz fan, but you know, I'm not worried about that. No, it was, um, mm-hmm. we talk about this with Vader sometimes too, where if you have Vader talk too much, it doesn't seem like Vader, even right. though yeah. it's not a author's fault or anything. Exactly. You're just kind of like, I don't know if Darth Vader talks that normally. Right. Where is the refresher? Like, I don't think he's... At, <laughs> but but at some point, he has to be a functional character, so you'd have to assume. I think that ties into the Krennic dad joke, other than it kind of being a want-want dad joke. I don't know... Yeah, Anakin's a smartass, but is Vader? Yeah, he is, but he is And it takes some time. And with Maul, we've only heard him say two lines. You exactly. Know? Yeah. And suddenly he's having full thoughts and everything. It's like... I don't know, and then then you then I kind of just grew into it. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? exactly. It. Let me ask some follow up questions because I think there's a couple things going on. Uh, mm-hmm. His, 
I think in the Clone Wars, Lucas really indulged his love of B movies and genre stuff, and like mm. kind of like I think he gleefully likes how silly the name Savage Press is, right? Yeah. And oh, he got cut in half. This and I wanted to bring him back. It's my space fantasy movie, so he's on in, living in trash. He's got spider legs because <laughs> this is all B movie stuff. Right. At some point, is it is that what grabbed you the B moviness of it? The spider legs? Yeah, it was so it was so out there. It was kind of wacky. And I and I was like, this this is a new era of Star Wars that I was not expecting. In some ways, it didn't take itself so seriously. Yeah. It, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, you yeah. Know? Like I think on that surface level, it's got that real like, yeah, he's got spider legs. Don't worry about it. Right. Uh, and he's survived by hate. Don't worry about it. Uh, but then worry. you can invest in the character, and the character has, in their perspective, has depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ken, I want to follow mm-hmm. up with you after. Being like, I think universally for most Star Wars fans alive in 1999, like, mm. ah, Darth Maul died. Why were you like, I hate it seven times when he came back? <laughs> it, 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 I, I'm always a little bit at odds with George's B movie fascinations, right? Because okay. uh, it works when it works, it works. It's that, that the, the thing of me liking more the Battle of the Rebellion versus the Empire versus Jedi lore and stuff like that. I just, I, I think I'm sometimes more in the box than I want to admit as a, okay. as, a, as a content consumer. So it was a little bit like, he's, how, how did he survive? How did he crawl? How did he, how did his body function normally? Like, I, and I get lost in that a little bit and then I have to overcome it. It's the puffer pig space whale battle. It's okay. like, you know, then, then you get used to some things. Um, and I think initially it was just like, I was okay with the character, the con, the idea of the character still being alive yeah. was fine, but it was just, I had the exact opposite reaction of what I was like, and he's got spider legs. <laughs> the coolest looking character now is a, a robot spider. Like what I, and I, and it's just the way they, but this is the lesson and we'll talk probably more as this goes on. The lesson is I didn't like Ahsoka. I didn't like Ezra. I didn't like Rebels as much as I thought it would. And then you you grow. Let you the, didn't like the name Phasma. Fa- oh, you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you did Phasma. not. That's right. <laughs> and you kind of, things, the new normal forms, or it's executed properly. Yeah. And and the story of Maul is absolutely executed properly. Cool. Cool. It takes, it takes a while, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, I had heard like rumblings. It was kind of like going back uh, to being a kid on the playground because I had gone to the Clone Wars uh, movie in the theater and I had gotten really frustrated by it. Mostly Zero the Hut. Anyway, I know Zero the Hut has some fans out there. Yep. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm coming around. I'm coming around. I, it was also just that it felt like it had been three years since Revenge of the Sith and I was excited for this. And then mm. it, it, I actually really like the Clone Wars movie now that it's the beginning of the rest of the adventure. I don't dislike it the way other fans did. But when I saw it in the theater, it felt like there was nothing new. It was just mm. like Lucas didn't want to let go of that specific arc, right. uh, that specific time period. Uh, so that was the other thing that would bum me out. But uh, so I didn't watch The Clone Wars. And then I heard rumblings of Maul was back. And I was like, oh, damn it, I need to watch this. <laughs> and in fact, I remember going into Target and seeing a two-pack of Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Maul with his, not his spider legs, but his more calmed down robot oh. legs. He yeah. has many iterations of robot he legs. He does. Yes, he yes. trades them out like suits. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, and I was like, oh, I need to know this. And that picture of them as arch enemies in the story possibilities there, which we'll talk about a little bit more. That that So Maul coming back is one of the things that made me say, I have to watch Clone Wars. Mm. Yeah. I have to watch it from the beginning. And when I watched it from the beginning, I... I powered through watching it very quickly, not because I was disliking it, but because I couldn't wait to get to Maul. Mm. So by the yeah. time I got there, I was thrilled. What, what, what season does he come back? Uh, I, three. I think three. Definitely okay. three. Okay. Yeah. 
That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I'm almost to it in my rewatch, so. Okay. It's, it, well, you got a lot of Savage press to get through. I mean, uh, that's okay. In a good way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so going through the rest of his arc, mm-hmm. what are your hopes for seeing him in this new Clone Wars series? So uh, it, we're going to get the Siege of Mandalore, which involves Maul. It could just involve Maul in a quick passing way of uh, the Republic decides they need to take Mandalore back. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I think there's going to be a story that really affects the Mandalorians and from their perspective and all that. But it really could set up Solo or Maul's journey to creating Crimson Dawn. Mm. Uh, so what what are the mm. kinds of stories that you want to hear? Um, I, I want I want I'm OK. But what do we got? Twelve episodes a season. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I we don't know how much the siege is going to be, siege of Mandalore will be, but I, I, I'm really, really liking the idea of, of Maul being central to, to say two or three episodes, mm-hmm. like really lean into it, um, let where one run wild with his voice and everything. I just, I, I would, I would really like to to know his true part in that. You know, I don't want it just to be, you know, he's there. Like if he's there, he's there. Let's really do it. And 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 have have fun with this. Maybe even this final run of Maul. <laughs> like it just seems, you know, he keeps rolling out in the stories. But yeah, I, I'd like to know. Yeah, I want all answers out of Ma- Siege of Mandalore. Yeah. Mm. How about you, Jennifer? Do you want his trajectory and solo set up, or anything else mm. in his uh, life answered, dealt with? <laughs> you know, that's a good point about the solo setup. That would be kind of interesting. But I, I like what you're saying, Ken. Two. Two solid episodes is just, mm-hmm. they have so much to tackle. Yeah. That it's like you can't spend too much time with a- any one character. You know, you got to really kind of bounce around and, and uh, tie those those threads. But I just, I really love Sam Witwer's performance as mm-hmm. Maul now, obviously. So yeah, I want him to just let him have fun and give it closure as much as you, as you can. You know what I mean? Open closure. Open yeah. Closure. closure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. there is an element of closure because uh, Maul has tried to step to Sidious multiple times mm-hmm. and he knows he can't. Right. He's also in this unique position that he knows uh, Sidious has this ultimate plan. Mm. to take down the rebellion i don't know he i don't think he knows all the moving parts of like oh yeah he's gonna get anakin skywalker to kill dooku and that will eventually like but we're seeing him right at the end because this happens right as the beginning of revenge of the sith Mm. in the ahsoka book right Uh, anakin is at the siege of mandalore and leaves to go rescue palpatine from grievous right uh and trusts ahsoka to finish the job uh so that's an interesting point from maul of like is he sensing that these ancient plans that he used to be a part of are coming to a close. And how does he feel about that? And how does mm-hmm. that inform what, what do I want? I can't stop this. Sidious is about to take over the galaxy and the Sith will rule once more, mm. but I am not a Sith. What do I want? Mm. What do I want? That's a more poetic way to end it in the sense of, I definitely, you know, if, if he's like, I'm going to go start another criminal organization. I don't want that, but I do see his emotional <laughs> mental state leading to that, yeah. I may have lost this. What do I want next? And how do I get keep getting what I want? Um, that would be good. Yeah. And how am I going to function in a yeah. galaxy ruled by Sidious? Right. Yeah. It's like, well, I have to amass power, but I have to be a little quieter about it. Mm-hmm. It seems like maybe what he's learned, like, yeah, with the the Shadow Collective wasn't very shadowy. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Which is why Sidious came and smacked him down. And he and he's been very public about you know, you know taking over Mandalore, this and that. Yeah. It. it yeah. That that would make some sense. That that's a good way to tie it into okay. the, into into Solo. Okay. And I wouldn't mind a scene with him and Anakin. You know. Oh yeah. Like a 
not so much a warning. It's one of the thing about Thrawn's, Thrawn alliances that I did like the the kind of the Thrawn kind of hmm. This looks like there might be kind of a weird order, a sixty-sixth order <laughs> coming in. Uh, but it was done in such a nice way. But but where this these road signs along the on along the way for Anakin. Yeah. If Maul could give it, not Maul could be like, hey, be careful. He might try to turn you, like you said. I don't think Maul has those those yeah. plans. But Maul sensing something. I don't know. Yeah, I think Maul, it, I think that'd be great if Maul sensed something moving around Anakin, mm-hmm. and that he's not just another Jedi. You know, that yeah. I think that would be really juicy and interesting. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the sort of bigger picture of uh, Maul's journey, starting with his robot legs uh, rebirth, all the way through his his death mm-hmm. on Tatooine. This idea that he was trained from birth for a specific purpose after he was stolen by Palpatine to destroy the Jedi, give power to the Sith, but then he lost those missions. And I think he he keeps, obviously, the mission for revenge. He tries to get revenge on Sidious. He tries to get revenge on Kenobi. He keeps trying to just have power, which is what a a Sith wants, Mm. is uh, unlimited power. Obviously, that's a pretty clear mission statement by Palpatine. Yeah. do you relate to that position that he's in? Does it make him a sympathetic character or even a character you can have empathy for in that he had this mission mm. and then it was taken for him mm. from him? So yeah. what what does he do? Right. I, I, I have empathy for Maul. Absolutely. Um, I, uh, re- relating, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> a step too far? A step too far. <laughs> but yeah, especially when you get more into his, his backstory. Because he could be pretty one-dimensional early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, typical with some, some characters, Phasma's one-dimensional until you get a little bit more of her backstory. That's just what, what's why and we do this. For me, it works because he was trained to be one-dimensional. Yes, and so, and so, well, and so that's, that's why I love the answer. The answer comes is, yeah, he is. Oh, you, do you think he was one-dimensional? He is. Here's why. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, even though it's not canon anymore, the Darth Plagueis novel where Palpatine gets him, you know, even that's, that's one of those legends slash canon moments, uh, yeah, when Palpatine's your dad, essentially, <laughs> uh, I, I totally have empathy with, with what's going on. Yeah, I think yeah. he still should. Be, I think he pays for his actions. He pays for it. Um, but yeah, I yeah. get it. You know. Yeah. How do you How do you feel about him? I mean, I know uh, sympathy and empathy is maybe a lot to ask for a terrifying uh, dark force user. Right. But there's something to me about he's set adrift. He does. You know, he doesn't have anything. Right. He doesn't. I feel sorry. For him in some weird way on, you know, I, I, I can empathize with being on a mission and just get knocked down, but you get back up. It's the life of an actor. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think it's even more like if you like you've trained to be an actor, right. if somebody just came to you and said, you can't do that, you can't even try. Don't go to a, an audition. You have all these skills, you have all this desire, but you can't even try. Mm. I think that's where mm. I, I find Maul really fascinating. Oh, right. Which would cause it a tremendous amount of rage. Yeah. Resentment. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe I do. Maybe I do. <laughs> it's, it's similar to, I was listening to your happy beeps, uh, Jennifer, the excellent one on uh, Katie Lucas, Katie oh, Rose. And it, I, that's the first time I really heard uh, more details on Asajj Ventress from yeah. her point of view. Right. And, and and Asajj has already got more life to her that's great and I think is an underrated character. Loved by a lot, but not focused on a lot. And it's similar to that, too, where, yeah, you know, exactly. she was she was 
a pawn in a lot of people's schemes, uh, uh, treat it bad, and so you kind of can look, all right, here's what brought you to this point there, mm. you know, and I think a little bit with, with Maul's the same way. Right. You know, he might, he just wanted a family. <laughs> he just wanted to be loved. That's what Crimson Dawn is. Uh, yeah. I think it, it's like that, it, except for this, he, he just wants revenge and power. Can yeah. he just have revenge and yeah, power? Yeah, just that's, give him his revenge. That's all he wants. Uh, but there is, I think, this other dimension in that he is shown to have affection for people, mm-hmm. actual legitimate affection uh, for his mother, Talzin, for his brother, Savage Opress. I even think that he has affection for Ezra. I think yeah. there is really like a loneliness. And wouldn't it be like, wouldn't it be cool to actually have an apprentice? And this kid is actually, mm-hmm. I, I kind of see something in him. Right. Like, uh, it is not the typical Sith path. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, he's not a Sith at this point. Uh, to want to have loving connections up to I mean, I mean it's th- through the dark side he's mean yeah. to Savage Press at times but yeah. there's yeah. an affection there's a connection there's mm-hmm. not like uh, uh, the masters like Sidious mm-hmm. and Dooku just throw people away and like what that's the that's the point weren't you listening and I think Maul's interesting because he has this like yeah I am evil yes I seek revenge yes I seek power but he would be very much happier if oh, his brother lived mm. his brother's not just a tool he actually loves his brother right well, yeah, I mean, because, the, you know, Jedi are like, hey, don't be attached to anybody, right? You know, be be at one with yourself. Love everyone. Love everyone, but don't don't love one specific. It seems like the Sith would be like, hell no, you know, that's not what we're doing. We're, we're, we're breaking all the rules. So yeah. it would make sense. And, and he's motivated by these deaths. Clearly, they affect him, you know. And, and as far as what you're saying about Ezra, yeah, there's some kind of, because we forget Maul is old, you know, in the sense that, like, he and Obi-Wan are around the same age, right? You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we look at Alec Guinness sitting there with his gray beard and around the campfire. Maul's probably got aches in his lower back, too. And he's been around, and he's probably... <laughs> he's got know, a big one. Got a big one <laughs> down below. But uh, he looks at Ezra and probably has a little bit like, what's my legacy now as Maul? You know? Oh, yeah, that's really interesting to think of him as, like, uh, mm-hmm. as the legacy of, like, maybe I can reboot the Sith and do it my way right. with my new apprentice. Uh so this idea that he does make these attachments, uh, do you feel like that means there's a world where Maul could have been brought back to the good side? Mm. I mean, mm. I mean, when I say brought back, I mean, you know, from when he was an infant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. And tortured and trained to hate. Yeah. I know less less than, say, Asajj. Uh, she had, that made a little more sense because she actually began as a Jedi, right? So... I think it would have been tough because I think what we see happens and we're going to talk about Kenobi in a bit, but I think at the end you would have had to have got to him with that kind of stuff. Like, I know you want to kill and you're angry, but hey, this don't worry. They're going to be destroyed anyway. Some other kid's going to do it. Oh, that feels good. Okay. Yeah. It would have been tougher. It would have been tougher because the hate is so wired in him. Yeah. yeah. He's a machine. He's a blunt object. Yeah. And it's tough to unwire. Yeah, I mean, then and his mother, like, I just, you know, he loves his mother. And if she says to him, you know, I want you to kill someone, he's got he's going to do it because he's so loyal to her. And their culture mm-hmm. is just like you're saying, he's just wired to mm-hmm. hate. In some yeah. Sense. Be a warrior. Mm, tough. So I don't know. I don't nah, I don't think so. Do you feel yeah. there's hope for Maul? <laughs> No, not fully. Yeah, uh, I think that's the great tragedy of Maul and what makes him a fascinating character is I feel like he has been boxed in by a circumstance where he has nowhere to go. But I do feel like, uh, I just re- reread this Son of Dathomir comic mm. uh, where he's basically, there's a lot that goes on, but he's basically being used as a tool to uh, 
released Mother Talzin. Mm. Uh, she uh, basically sucks some life energy from Dooku and, and rematerializes and, and then uh, is overwhelmed by mm. Sidious, uh, Dooku, and Grievous all attacking at the same time. But there's this... She forces Maul to leave. Mm. And you get the sense that maybe Maul would have sacrificed himself to save her. Hmm. And that's what's interesting to me is like uh, mm. that level of love, sacrifice is what a Jedi does. Right. And a right. Sith would never like even if you subscribe to the theory that like in at the end of uh, Sith when Palpatine touches Anakin that there's even a little bit of tenderness there mm. or if, and he's not just saying how finely is this uh, is this steak cooked? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That there's even a little bit of tenderness. There's no way Sidious yeah. would ever sacrifice himself. Right. right. Uh, that's what Vader does to come back mm. to light is sacrifice himself. And if there's even the possibility that Maul would have been willing to sacrifice himself for his mother, does that mean there's a glimmer of hope? Yeah, I, I think that's an excellent observation. I think there's, there's, it's true there. It, it's whether, it, yeah, it might have been, it's a last second, uh, last play of the game type of redemption, <laughs> which happens with Vader too. Yeah. And Vader along the way, you know, if you, that's what I love about new canon, diving more and more into the, conflict of Vader going on inside his brain there. Um, that's a great point about Maul. I think, he, yeah, he would have laid down his, his life for probably his brother, his mother, and that's about it. But <laughs> That's about it. Yeah, maybe not even his brother, but that's his mother. Pretty, but yeah, yeah he's but bummed out. But that's pretty powerful. And that's a, that's a that, you know, Dooku's not doing that. No yeah. one's doing that. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think there's a world where Obi-Wan could have talked him down at the campfire. And I think right. Obi-Wan knows that, but I think it's, it's interesting to mm-hmm. think of that. Uh, what does sacrifice mean and who is willing to do it? Uh, I want to talk about a little bit Maul as Kobe, uh, Kenobi's arch enemy. So what do we learn about Kenobi through constantly throwing him up against Maul. Hmm. Does that make sense? It does yeah. make sense. I, For me, the lesson I focus on at the end, where uh, Obi-Wan is waiting for Maul patiently. That's a lesson he learned, because he doesn't... He's not patient <laughs> he's in not Phantom Menace. Phantom yeah. Menace. But just that Obi-Wan has every reason to not give this guy any respect in death. And he kills him, as he should. But I love, that's one of my favorite Star Wars moments is Obi-Wan just kind of like holding this guy as he dies. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a powerful lesson of forgiveness, understanding, still holding him responsible for sure. I mean, you just sliced him and got revenge too, but Obi-Wan wasn't consumed by that revenge. Yeah. And uh, and he has the, the, the Duchess Satine stuff. There's so much there. So we learn, I think Obi-Wan grows. Phantom Menace Obi-Wan would have never been as nice to, you know? Oh yeah. So we yeah. see we see we're able to see the signposts of growth in Obi Wan. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. How do you feel, Jennifer? Yeah, that's a great and I haven't I haven't even watched that episode. I only know the recap of it. Mm. I've obviously seen the images and it's pretty s- striking. I was quite surprised mm-hmm. that he was so tender to his arch enemy. And it's like, well then why'd you why'd you kill him? Well, <laughs> I, you know, but I, I understand he had to pay for what he had done. Mm-hmm. Um but there, they, it makes Kenobi such a complex f- character. Yeah. To mm-hmm. and 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 there's there's a a piece. Um, it's really fascinating. Yeah. 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 I, I think it, it for me that there's those these two big reflection moments the where uh, Maul kills Satine, expecting it to break Obi Wan, and mm-hmm. it causes Obi Wan immense pain and turmoil. But there's he has this great speech of like, I'm a Jedi, of course. I'm not going to just lash out in hate just because I'm going to be sad and I'm going to wrestle with it. That's not, I'm a Jedi. I keep telling you this, 
Why can't you understand that, right. Maul? Uh, and and it, it highlights who Kenobi is, and I think especially in Rebels, um, Kenobi has, in Maul, have now had the same experience where they've lost their order. They've been kicked out of their institutions, or, you know, for Kenobi, holding it up after it's gone. Right. And they have these choices of how to deal with it. And, like, Maul is even trying to mock him for being like, look at how fall you, far oh, you've yeah. fallen, you're this sad old rat on a crappy planet and mm. Kenobi says look what I've overcome yeah. <laughs> and he just has this idea of like well whatever life throws at you you as hard as it is you deal with it and Maul's like no when bad things happen you get mad and you <laughs> hit back and then yeah. the the everything you learn from Phantom Menace about how to handle Maul yeah. everything in life but I love that he 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 could Kenobi could kill Maul out of revenge and that's what Maul yeah. would do that's what that powers Maul Kenobi absolutely kills him out of defense of Luke mm-hmm because you get the sense that Kenobi's not even going to, doesn't yeah. want to fight, doesn't need to fight, doesn't need revenge for Satine. Right. Yeah. And then Maul figures out why he's there. Yeah. And that's when Kenobi ignites his blade. It's, yep. it's a Jedi fighting for defense, not revenge. Not, not mm-hmm. revenge. Not to, yeah, absolutely. And even, uh, yeah, yeah, if, yeah would, would he have... I guess he would have fought if Maul comes after him if Luke isn't around. But yeah, because he wants to stay alive to wants, protect Luke. Yeah. but it makes it more. But yeah, but if if, if Luke doesn't, if, if for whatever reason Obi Wan's just hanging out here, like he wouldn't have laid down his lightsaber, but he wouldn't have still wouldn't have struck out. He wouldn't have like attacked first. You know, no. and that stays true to the Jedi way. Yeah, yeah, and I love that he is tender and that he holds him exactly oh. the way he held yeah. Qui Gon, and that mm. he lets he lets Maul have his own peace from a certain point of view. Mm-hmm. That the idea of Luke's going to kill the Sith, okay, then I can die in peace because yeah. I'll have vengeance. And Obi Wan's just like, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you have to see things. That's fine. Uh, this is a little bit more on the just classic nerdy side. Yeah. Uh, in the Rebels episode uh, uh, with Malachor and everything, Maul says he can't take Vader in a fight. Could be that he's lying to mm-hmm. manipulate uh, Ezra and the Jedi, but just full on put on our, our nerd hats, our nerd glasses, our nerd suspenders. Yeah. Do we think Vader would beat Maul in a fight, or can Maul take Vader? I, I think Vader would have defeated him. Probably most points along the way. I think there was a point where Maul was at the top of his game. I don't think at this point he is. I think he's maybe his connection forces and strong. You know, he's still yeah. pretty powerful, obviously. But like Vader, especially if you look at like the Vader comic, since stuff going on now, it's like, oh, he's a monster. Yeah. He's a monster. <laughs> so I think Vader wins going away. Yeah. Rogue One Vader for me. It yeah. does. I think of that image and I'm like, yeah. oh, he doesn't stand a chance. Doesn't stand a chance. Yeah. Yeah, I think that Vader wins, and in a way, it makes me appreciate Maul more because I think it's in a way Maul has softened, mm-hmm. being away from the uh, ways of the Sith and being a little bit more manipulative and maybe being around people a little bit more. And Vader is just feeding himself hate, hate, hate to keep yeah, going. That's right. That's right. the story in these comics. Yeah. That just always he's just like, I need to channel this hate, this rage, and it's just like, uh, you know, there's that you kind of picture them and especially in the movies like mm. sometimes you can imagine this is real nerdy like Maul generally moves a bit faster than Vader yeah. yes but I like the story that kind of gets told of Vader of like yeah but one strike from his blade is mm-hmm. worth about eight from anybody else because there's just this force of yeah. hate and anger and I, I think Vader's gonna press that X button and use his force powers a little bit more yeah <laughs> exactly Maul's hopping around <laughs> right yeah, yeah Vader. but right. Maul get, uh, Vader gets one hit and yep. goodbye robot legs yep. again <laughs> again yeah. interesting interesting uh, 
I also wanted to think uh, a little bit about uh, his motive and goals in forming, controlling Crimson Dawn. What do you think he's at at that point? We talked a little bit about whether we'll learn about those things in uh, the next Clone Wars season. But just from Solo, what what were your reactions of like, why is he doing this? You were talking about this early on, Ken, about like, that's interesting that he just becomes... A crime lord. Yeah, it, it, again, it seems kind of kind of weird for a Sith to be like, I'm going to this line of work. Yeah, they're both maybe on the, the bad side, but it is, it's different. I think there's a little bit of habit. I think he can't stay away from power. I think he can't stay away from wanting a little bit of a family in a way. Uh, I'm not saying he's warm. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but he's spending quality time with Dryden Vance. He is. Yeah. And just the, the, the little stuff you, you pick up in the, in the solo novel, which we'll talk more about in the review, you know, Dryden definitely fears him, definitely fears him. So they know his power, but I also think he's out of the game a bit. Like he knows he doesn't have the skills. That's why when he meets Ezra, that's why I do believe he's like, I don't think he's truly manipulating Ezra. I think he's like, eh, I'm, not, I'm okay. I'm on the sidelines. I'm a coach now. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's a little bit, but I think it's, I think it's habit. I think he can't walk away. He has no peace. So he can't walk away. He can't do Obi-Wan's on a mission. But Obi-Wan's also in his head for 19 years. Yeah. And I think that would have driven Maul crazy again. He's got to have something to do. Something yeah. to do. One more match. One more thing. Got to do it. Okay. Yeah. So this is like a person who retires and like, but I'm going to start a new business. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I can't yeah. just sit it around. It is. It is. Or it, Gardening's it, not enough for me. It's the, the, the I'll draw the professional wrestling thing. You, there's so, It's a joke now. To, this is my retirement match. Three months later, they're wrestling again because yeah. this is all they know. Right. And and for a lot of old timers, this is all they know. And I think this is all Maul knows. Yeah. Mm. How about you, Jennifer? Yeah. I think that I think that he just can't help himself. He's gotta be up in the mix in mm-hmm. some way with some bad guys or bad and bad ladies, uh bad creatures. I just yeah, it is it is interesting. He doesn't need to do it. Mm-hmm. But but why? There's something within him that just can't let go of that power. Yeah. Being in control. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the ultimate clear answer because mm-hmm. of who the character is. But I'm really interested to see if we're going to get any more storytelling that's like, well, is he also, by the way, like Dryden Voss, you seem to like rare, rare weird artifacts. Yeah. He eventually ends up on Malachor because he knows the power of that uh, Sith temple. Uh I, I would like the idea that he's like, well, yeah, uh, sell some coaxium, but also if you find an interesting relic that you think could maybe kill a Sith Lord, I'd really like, yeah, if yeah. he's like quietly also using this machinery to try to get, eventually get back at Sidious or Sidious or Sidious. find a, a way to raise Mother Tals and if he's still working towards some that, objectives. That'd be interesting. That'd be almost Palpatine-like. Yeah. Uh, cool. I took over the galaxy. Tarkin run it for me. In the meantime, I'm going to go dig for this world between world stuff and artifacts. And it's, it's similar. And I yeah. like that idea, too. <laughs> I like this. Yeah. Sidious and Maul in an Indiana Jones yeah, race yeah, exactly. to find weird Sith stuff. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Uh, how do you think he ended up on Malachor? How do you want him to end up on Malachor? Because this is another one of these great uh, empty spaces we have. He's ruling Crimson Dawn, scaring the hell out of everybody, calling Kira to him on Dathomir, and then the mm-hmm. next thing we know, mm-hmm. he's legitimately marooned. He was mm-hmm. looking for the temple on Malachor, but it seems like he spent uh, some unpleasant alone time there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which mm-hmm. never does him well. Mm. Uh, does Kira overpower him in some way? Kick him out? I kind of would like that. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah, that's where I'm going in my, my brain. This I'm, I'm looking at your little timeline you've written for us, Joseph, and it's like that little thing, boom, that little that little comma. That's where it is. And mm-hmm. what we know more about Kira, 
including where I am in the novel and you finish the novel. And there's some you know, more insight, even more insight keeps unfolding about Kira. Yeah. That I, 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 I want to believe it has something to do with her. Yeah. I want to believe that she uh, is a master uh, manipulator, a master tactician, mm-hmm. uh, to put it more positively. And I don't think it's that, like, oh, she becomes so good at Tereskasi that she kicks Maul's ass. I, I think mm-hmm. there could be an element of that. Maybe she overpowers him with a lot of other people. But I, I like the idea that maybe she makes a choice at some uh, point to destroy Crimson Dawn from inside. Maybe she sometimes somehow finds out that, like, oh, the Empire is in league with all of the, the criminal syndicates, but... For some reason, the emperor can never know that this guy is running this one. That would piss him yeah. off for some reason. So I will use that to my advantage in some way. Yeah. Like, uh, I would love it. I, I do think that she could uh, uh, be in a master of Tereskasi, maybe, like, with a lot of other advantages. A team of Tereskasi. Yeah. And she's killed. Experts attacking Maul would be really cool. Yeah. She's killed. She's killed before. Can she do it again? Yeah, yeah. But I think all of it. I think she's just becoming more of an interesting character. I yeah. mean, more and more and more. Like, it's always the point where I, I you know, it, 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 some of it doesn't come across in the movie, which might be something we've talked about before. But I think uh, this is why we have the new canon. It kind of adds these layers. And you're rewarded, I think, for digging in. So I hope it's, I hope it's connected. We might never see it on the big screen. Yeah. Hmm. But I would oh, love man. But yeah, that would be great to see it on the big screen. Or Saturday morning cartoon. Aye, the yeah. Adventures of Maul and Kira. <laughs> I'd watch that. Uh, so it is almost 20 years after his first appearance when he appeared to die. And it is now after what appears to be his actual canon death. In new stories are still being told about Maul. Out of all of these blank spaces, what stories are you most interested in hearing? I mean, wow. I think, honestly, the one that we were just talking about, I, I think how he gets to Crimson Dawn might be maybe more accurately versus how he gets to Malachor uh, and how that reforms. There's a there's a wonderful timeline, because I'm trying to do the timeline in my head from Sith to Solo's, what do we say, seven, ten years? I, it's about ten years, yeah, yeah. About ten years total, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, so that's an interesting run there. Of, yeah. Of where, where are you doing? What are you doing? How are you reforming the ranks here, Maul? Yeah. So I would like a little bit more there. How about you, Jennifer? Yeah, that's interesting. I like that timeline too. But I, I just whatever it is, I want, I want to have Sam Witwer doing the voice. Okay. I don't want to, I don't want to read it. Is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. <laughs> I want it to be. Oh, uh, I get an you. Yeah, yeah, you don't want it. I want it to be a spinoff. Whatever it is, my hut standalone film. Yeah. You know, I make him appear there, Ray Park, and have Sam Witwer do the voice again. I just yeah. think that that. To, together, Ray Park and Sam Witwer. Come on! Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it's an amazing combo. We're ah. great in Solo. Um, yeah, Our and maybe, house. as we've talked about, maybe Disney streaming will eventually do one-shot yeah. animated movies. But oh. yeah, definitely the yeah. Crimson uh, Dawn, how exactly it goes about forming that. But I'm also really interested, right after the Siege of Mandalore, depending on what yeah. all we learn there, uh, how he reacts to Order 66. How he reacts to, just in the moment... The yeah. plan has the plan has happened. The Jedi are being hunted, but so is he because uh, the implication, since he has the Inquisitor's blade, ten years after yeah. Sith means that he has already been, in theory, hunted by the Inquisitors as well and took one of their blades. That's so interesting. That's a great point. That's a great point because he by by Order sixty six, the events of Revenge of the Sith. He's he's up and running in the sense that he's mentally there. He's yeah. been repaired. He's gone through the uh, Savage. All that stuff plays out in the Clone Wars, so between Attack the Clones and Sith. That's so interesting. That is an interesting angle, too. I didn't yeah. think about those things. Kenobi has been taken from him, he imagines, because he imagines yeah. Kenobi has been wiped out, the plan has happened, and now I'm just being hunted down, too. I can't even be, like, 
go run around and do some evil. And we're seeing in the Vader, Lord of the Dark Lord of the Sith, the Charles Soule comic. You know, he's leading the Inquisitors. Vader is. Uh, they got a list, a long list of names. Mm-hmm. Yoda being one of them, but they don't know. You know, they don't know where. Um, uh, I, I, you know, maybe we might get that Maul Vader confrontation. Maybe we might get make get an Inquisitor one for sure. Oh yeah, in the, in the actual Darth yeah. Vader comic where but, he gets down the list to Maul. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that would be interesting because they it definitely it's on Palpatine's mind. But all, and the idea that Maul's just reading the newspaper at his uh, apartment, like, what's this? <laughs> all Jedi killed? <laughs> they turn what? Yeah, yeah. And if I'm remembering Ahsoka correctly, he's been captured. Yeah. But does he get released? Does he escape in the confusion right. of Order 66? All sorts of juicy stuff. Yeah. Uh, final question on this topic, because we could go on and on about Maul. We talked about Maul's just miraculous. Oh, he's the image of Phantom Menace. He's so cool. He dies immediately. And everybody's like, too bad. And here we are almost two decades later with more and more, <laughs> always more Maul. Does that give you hope for any that any character can continue? When we see a new Star Wars movie and we're like, oh, come on. Yeah. That that's all we got with Val. Yeah. My mind always now goes to but Maul. Yeah, mm-hmm. does he give you hope? And if so, if any character currently could get the Maul treatment, where suddenly there's so much more material, who would you want it to be? It's weird to say, but because I, uh, I, you know, I'm on the record being I'm not a huge fan of the character over time. It's still one of the coolest looking characters, but but Fett. If you because I would I am okay with Fett being dead and dead forever, right? I, I crawl out of the Sarlacc never appealed to me as a fan. Like he's, he's gone. Okay. Which probably ties to me looking at Maul the first time and going, no, you're dead. You don't have <laughs> robot legs, but even just an aftermath alone and Windig's aftermath of the interludes and the Cobb Vance stuff. And the, it got me intrigued. And if you could add layers to Fett, not just he's back which I think is the EU type of way. And I don't, I don't mean to slight EU there, but you know what I mean? Where yeah. it's just like, they're a lot, they're a clone. Luke is here. Like, <laughs> no, what's the reason for it? Then yeah. I'm interested if you can do it like that. Yeah. Fet with a reason. Fet mm. with a reason. All right, Jennifer. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that if they, if they can bring back any character, they really mm. can, if they have the right story mm-hmm. and you know, some people will be upset. I would love the idea of Val though. Mm-hmm. If, there was a solo sequel and to have her suddenly appear and, you know, join, um, join Han Solo on his crusade. Mm-hmm. That would be really fun. Yeah. But I mean, solo Han himself in, yeah. in the novel, again, we don't want to tip our review, but he, he kind of is like, I, I, he's not convinced. And there's that one line where he's yeah. like, I'm oh, not convinced. Really? Yeah, I'm not convinced. I give, you know. See, she can come back. Come yeah. Back. Yeah. Yeah. Bring Teddy Newton yeah. back, yeah. Please, please. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great thing. I was thinking of it more about, well, we jump, we hop around in the timeline so we can yeah. always meet a character. But mm-hmm. Maul gives great hope of like a, a character can in, in Star Wars land come back in yeah. weird and surprising ways. Bring the caretakers back. I don't care how you do it. <laughs> caretakers back. But, and, and, and then for your other, your jumping around point, I mean, we, we talk about like, but like, Dooku and Qui-Gon and those type of things. So yeah, Absolutely. those are the younger stories as well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think for me the 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 big character I think about is Phasma. And she's already been getting a little bit of the mall treatment, but she's so in the same pocket of Maul of looks cool, people are intrigued by her, fascinated, and we're not getting enough. We get the book, got the comic, but I think there's even if she doesn't appear in episode nine, I think there's like exactly in that same mall way, like she could have survived that, but just had a different adventure than what right. we see in episode nine. Right. And I'm hoping for more Phasma. And more of that weirdo. <laughs> anyway, 
That is uh, our look at Maul in the many, many lives. Uh, Darth and not Darth Maul. Yeah, a lot of fun. Thank you for that, sir. The timeline alone was worth the price of admission today, but to dig in deeper to this character that started out as, quite frankly, a one-dimensional blunt object, the face of evil, he's layered, and we like that in Star Wars. We like our Star Wars layers. So uh, with uh, that in our rearview mirror, we look ahead to audience questions. This is what we do every week. We take questions from you on Twitter, Facebook, and on Patreon. We have some good ones here today. Uh, this is going to test our answer to our ability to answer questions uh, in, a, in an inventive way because we've got some good questions here. Uh, Aiden Hosey, he writes, My buddy subscribes to the theory that based solely off the original trilogy, Yoda is a figment of Luke's imagination. <laughs> I've tried everything to convince him otherwise, but he won't budge. You guys and gal want to give it a go. That's it, tough if you only use the original trilogy. If you could yeah. use the prequels, well, it's, it's an easy Yeah, your, your case is lost. Yeah, but, yeah, right. So I don't know. Though yeah. I get, That's tricky. Yeah, I only have one thought. Do you have a thought, Ken? No, no, you, you, you thunk. My, my thought is that R2 goes along with a lot of crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think if uh, Luke was talking to and running with and claiming he's got a little creature on his back, I think R2 would would be some concerns. That's true. Yes. That's good. Yes, you're right. Because I don't, isn't there some stuff in terms of the ghost Yoda, maybe, or even Obi-Wan? Yeah. I think it's actually taken back to more Obi-Wan where R2 can't really see that. One one would assume. One would assume. But yeah, you're right. If, If Luke's just running around. Talking to something, <laughs> I don't know if it would seem different to R two, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even if you put in the prequels, I guess you could say, well, yeah, no, you know, Yoda goes into hiding and Luke never sees him. He yeah, just, and how yeah. does the X wing get back? Did Luke right. do, ac- accidentally do that with the Force while he was slack jawed? <laughs> there you go, having a Fight Club moment, thinking <laughs> some See? other figure yeah. of him is doing that. Yeah, no, yeah. you're right. R two is the key because Yoda Yoda hits him with his cane. I mean, oh, there's, yeah. there's a whole bunch of interaction, mm. physical interaction there's with R two. Physical interaction with R two has uh, some uh, cane damage. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Proving Yoda exists. Yes. I like that. I like that. Yoda, R two. There's the key. Aiden, take that to your friend. Bradford Jensen writes in, what do you think J.J. Abrams means with his comment that nine, episode nine, will tie the whole saga together? So we're hearing this. I don't recall, I know it's probably out there, I don't recall the specific quote, mm-hmm. but this has been floating around for a while now. A- episode nine is going to bring it all together. Yeah. So what do we think? I think it is either concrete, something like Anakin is going to appear in some way. Right. Um, or, you know, history is really going to be referenced. Um, or I think it could be more philosophical. I think it mm-hmm. could have a perspective of we've had this cycle of war. What's the new path? Mm-hmm. Or it could be like, well, the Jedi really messed up in the old Republic. Mm-hmm. And then Luke mm-hmm. uh, couldn't start it again. But what's the new way of the Jedi? So I, I think it's either going to be like Anakin shows up or it's going to be mm-hmm. really philosophical. Or my last idea is that it will. I don't think it will be this, but it will really emphasize the Skywalkers are gone. There's no Skywalkers. Mm. Kylo does die, and that's truly the end of this story. Mm. Mm. That that's I, I'm thinking philosophical is more my way too. But I, yeah, I like that. Yeah, thus thus ends these nine chapters in the Star yes. Wars. <laughs> Frodo writes the book. <laughs> that's Jen. good. Yeah. No, my answer was well. Ray is a Skywalker. The end. Right. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Yeah. Mm. No, but that's a good point. If Kylo if Kylo Ren dies, and that's the end. Yeah. Close the book. I think a lot of references to, and, and much like Luke talking about Sidious and stuff like yeah. that, could be fun too. 
And I don't think it's going to tie it up like a neat little bow. No. <laughs> I think no. anyone should expect that. Thanks, Bradford. On Patreon, this is where we like to take two questions uh, at least per show there. And this is from Ventress87, one of our dedicated followers and supporters. Uh, she writes, one of the best things as a Star Wars fan is seeing the actors have fun and spoof their own roles. Some of my favorites are Mark Hamill's Pigs in Space on The Muppet Show. Oh, that's mm-hmm. one of my favorites, too. Mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher's cameo on Scream 3 is an actress who lost her uh, out on the role for Leia. And Adam Driver's undercover boss on SNL. My question for you, if there was a variety show in the Star Wars universe, what skits would you like to see and who would be featured in them? Oh, mm-hmm. So that is... A good question. So I'm immediately transporting my mind back to the 70s. Yeah. Variety shows. <laughs> uh, I would like to see like a talent show, like Palpatine's doing plate spinning with the force. <laughs> uh, Vader's doing some singing. You want a Sith talent show? Yeah, Sith talent show. You must applaud. Yeah. Dooku's, Dooku looks like he could play like a cello. <laughs> for sure. With yeah. his mind. With his mind. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. This takes me back to the Donnie and Marie yeah. Star Wars special. Oh, yes. Oh, it's so ridiculous. But who I would love to see is uh, Poe Dameron singing and dancing. Oh, true. Yeah. Oh. Because we saw Oscar Isaac dance in Ex, yeah. Ma- Ma- Ex Machina, right? Yeah. And he was great. Yeah. Yeah. You it, see him dancing in that, it, that gif that everyone always shares. And it, yeah, and he plays the guitar. Oh, that's right. He yeah. plays the guitar and oh, he sings. Yes, he does. What am I saying? Lewin Davis, inside Lewin Davis. I yeah. listen to him all the time. Yeah, so do you want like Poe to put out an album? I want the whole <laughs> show Music video? to be Poe. <laughs> yeah. Just Poe. Poe just sings. Yeah, yeah. Sings, I would dances. love that. Uh, I want Leia to host a comedy roast of Akbar, <gasps> and then you could get lots of other people to show up. And that's Poe could, sh- you know, yeah. zing Genius. Akbar. Yeah, <laughs> that's his. That's his funeral. Yeah, uh, Admiral Radis Jr. could uh, show up. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, one of the eighty-seven Radis Juniors. Is, yeah, that'd be good there too. That'd be good. Uh, as far as other parodies, I was like, I do love the recent stuff with Harrison Ford, like on Kimmel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Getting mad at Chewy and everything. Those those were kind of fun, yeah. too. But that, that pig's in space. That's a good pull, Ventures. Unbeatable. Steve, uh, Steve Russell asks here, The Last Jedi introduced several new ways we see people interact with the Force. If you could add a way to use the Force, how would you and where would you put it in the story going forward? Mm-hmm. So we're always getting new Force powers. Uh, we've seen an ultimate Force power with Luke putting himself uh, on a planet he's not even on. So, Jen, any force powers you'd add? I don't know. One that will help, well, for me, one that will help me sleep through the night. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I can't, I can't think of, I can't think of any. They really surprised me with the force Skype. That really was a shocker room. Yeah, that's yeah. that's too. That's right, that too. Yeah, so I... I Thanks, Snoke. I, yeah, I cannot think of one at the moment. Oh, my God. If, if, if there was a force... S- calm sleep ability. I yeah. mean, De- Jedi would have to be going around the whole time saying to like p- tired parents, like, I'm sorry, we can't use our power this way. We can't just come and like touch a, a kid's shoulder and just have him mm-hmm. be like, Peace. Oh, man. I mean, obviously, adults yeah. would love that. I would love that. Yeah. 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 Like, are you still looking at Twitter? Let me touch your shoulder. Peace. Peace. I'd like a self cloaking device. Oh. I don't know if that's been used. Oh, force invisibility. Force, yeah, oh, force, yeah. Bu- force ability. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just kind of. Uh, I don't. I'm trying. I'm, maybe that's someone's a gonna. Good one. Someone's gonna be like, ah, they use that in EU episode ninety two of something. Yeah, it costs this many force points. Yeah, yeah. Oh use on Vogue Chronicles. Um, but yeah, you know that, that could work. That could yeah. work. That's good. So where do you uh, where do you want it to show up 
though. I mean, I mean, yeah. there, there's the whole new power thing, but but mm-hmm. I think that's a great question too. Of like, where where is it in the story? Uh, I think it is uh, used by Ray. She learns it, and she infiltrates uh, infiltrates the First Order. Yes, nice, and yes. goes all the way back to the to the command center in the unknown regions. Where, oh wow! Where uh, Thrawn, Ray Sloan, <laughs> the ghost of Gallius Rex, and a space whale are sitting around a table leading everything. And don't forget scarred Dark Side Ezra. That's right. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I want it to be like Harry Potter. You know, Ray and Finn. They enter this big cloak. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fun. I'm all about. Uh, I do think that would be awesome if Episode Nine introduced a bunch of new ideas because Ray is just young and intuitive, and her mind isn't too trapped with this is how you use the Force. And she's like, yeah. "Hey, has anybody ever used the Force to do this?" Hmm. And you're like, uh, uh, "No, uh, guess not. Go for it." Uh, I think that would be awesome. I think if we ever get any more stories of Luke's travels, I think that's another place where we would see yeah. different cultures approaching the Force entirely different. Coming up with great things like force ability. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> forces of ability. That's excellent, excellent. Well, Steve Ventures eighty seven Bradford and Aiden, thank you for sending in your questions. If you have a question out there, you can do so uh, by sending it to us on uh, Force Center Pod on Twitter. Use the hashtag Force Center. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We have a website Force Center uh, net. If you want some shirts, you want to represent Force Center out and about in the world, tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. As always, tweet us your merch, and we'll reshare the pics of you wearing them. Podcasts available in a lot of places, including Podomatic, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And uh, as always, on Patreon, we're building towards our goals there, Joseph. That is right. We are still building to that goal of getting a commentary for all the Star Wars movies. If you are interested in checking it out, you can go and look on our website at patreon.com slash force center and we appreciate donations of any size the one dollar and the two dollars add up quick so if you're interested but can't uh, uh spend a lot we are totally uh welcome to that check it out for uh, patreon.com slash force center um yes absolutely absolutely so before we sign out we'd like to tell you where you can follow our adventures jennifer mm-hmm. you can find me on all the social media sites at jennifer landa youtube.com slash jennifer landa and be sure to check out my latest happy beeps episode which is all about galaxy's edge i give my dad a call and he reminisces <laughs> about the first time he went to disneyland back in 1955 for the opening so wow. it's a fun one it's great love yeah. did he bring a flask <laughs> No, he did not. He was, <laughs> yeah, he was oh. a child. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair enough. I didn't do math. This is good shot. Where can they find you and your flask? Uh, you can find me and my shame on uh, Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can uh, also find all my various adventures, uh, comedy shows, other podcasts at josephscrimshaw.com. And uh, I'm gonna, my story that I told for the Story Collider show that you were on, it's going to be on the podcast uh, this week, so I will tweet about that. And it uh, shockingly involves Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> As it should. As it should. You can follow me at Kedaps across all social media platforms, including YouTube. Daily Motivations are there. Don't forget the afternoons with Josh and Ken on its own podcast feed now as well. So that is it. We talked about Maul, and I'm sure that will not be the last time. So for Darth Maul, Maul, Savage Press, and uh, Robot Legs Everywhere, we'll see you next time. This was forced.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.